Giuseppe joins me in welcoming you, beloved listeners, to the first live Late Night Live for the new year. It coincides with another grand event, and that's the 80th birthday of Paul Keating. And uh, so I'd like to lift a glass to my old mate and welcome him to the wobbly ranks of the octogenarians. Later, we'll be clinking glasses to uh, to welcome Alex Etling, social historian, and Wendy Beacon, a radical advocate, to uh, talk about uh, knocking the top off. This is the, the role of alcohol in Australia's history, particularly in its political history. Now, after ending... 2023 on a downer. The uh, federal government has significant challenges on its hands this year and joining with their uh, analysis of how Elbow and Co will respond, I'm delighted to welcome back Laura Tingle, Chief Political Correspondent 730, and joining the mingle is Sean Kelly. Sean is a uh, weekly columnist at the SMH and The Age and a former advisor to not one but two Labor Prime Ministers. So Laura Elbow has called in the troops and considers uh, revamping the stage three of the tax cut. That seems to be the way it's looking, Philip, Um, which uh, I think the combination of the fact there's a caucus meeting on Wednesday and then he's addressing the National Press Club in the uh, what we now call the traditional kick-off of the political year um, on Thursday suggests things are afoot and we've clearly been getting signals from both the Prime Minister and uh, the Treasurer that um, there's been a shift in language going on and I think uh, that needs to happen both because the uh, tax cuts as they currently stand, uh, you know, while a lot of people object to them on a lot of fronts, weren't going to do the job either politically or economically and the government really needed to do something which delivers some cash in hand to people, um, you know, because the cost of living crisis is just so so tough on people. So given your clairvoyant and uh, remarkable talent to view the future, what are you guessing? Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not guessing anything. There's been uh, speculation this afternoon reported elsewhere that uh, the government will uh, lift the tax-free threshold and that it will... Um, not that it will cut back on the um, level of, or it will keep the current um, tax rate at the top, cutting in at 180000 rather than $200,000. Now, the effect of that, of course, is people on, um, you know, really reasonably big uh, salaries won't get quite as much of a tax cut as they would otherwise get, but you'll get more uh, down the bottom end. And that's really, I think, important. I think we probably discussed this late last year, but you know, that seems like a lifetime ago. The problem is uh, beyond the cost and inequity issues and everything else that has been thrown at the stage three tax cuts, which, of course, date back almost five years now to when they were originally proposed. Inflation's changed, the economy's changed, the budget's changed. All of those variables have changed so that people were actually not were going backwards in terms of the tax they were paying. Now, Laura, the tax cuts will cost $20 billion this year. That's the sort of money we need to spend on uh, on submarines. That's a hell of a, a hell of a lot of cash. Um, 
Look, it is a lot of cash, um, but I think the argument about the cost of the tax cuts, Philip, uh, is not as pressing as it was when we were in the middle of the pandemic and um, we were looking at you know, a, a catastrophic budget um, scenario. The, the fact that the budget has recovered so quickly uh, that there's, we're back to sort of surpluses takes that sort of pressure off. And I think if they are able to redesign the tax cuts, uh, at least in part, so that it does deliver some cost of living relief down um, the, the tax scale and in a, in a sort of a tax equity sense that um, people aren't being hit by the um, infamous um, fiscal bracket creep, I say fiscal day, bracket creep, that is that they're finding themselves going up into higher tax brackets just because things are happening to their wages and things. Sure, Sean, how, how will the cuts address the great problem of inequality in Australia? The tax cuts as they stand, this, this stage of them, notorious stage three, the large share of the benefits go to those on higher incomes. They get a, they get very, very large tax cuts. I think it's to the tune of about nine grand for those earning over $200,000. So that's a huge amount of money. Uh, if those tax cuts are shifted, if they are shifted to target more, say, people between uh, you know, 67,000 and 120,000, then suddenly we're talking about people who are being affected by the interest rate rises. Uh, we're talking about people who are actually struggling uh, against the rising prices. And I think that that will, um, that will do a little bit to address inequality. Uh, I think probably just as significantly for the government at this point, it'll do an awful lot to address the political situation they find themselves in, which is the sense... Uh, that they have been drifting a little bit. There is this narrative, not entirely true, but there is this there is this narrative nonetheless that last year was consumed entirely with the fight for the Indigenous voice, uh, and they want to shift the conversation. But, Sean, I know you believe that the majority of people facing the toughest financial conditions are not those paying personal income tax. It's job seekers, low income, renters, single parents, disabled. Absolutely. And and this won't do an awful lot for them. I think there's going to be a really interesting question at the coming budget about whether the government raises job seeker again. It did that at the last budget, but it did that after a huge amount of pressure came onto it, uh, and there was, there was actually quite a lot of signs, even after a report which the government agreed to recommended a huge increase to JobSeeker, there were signs after that the government still uh, was pretty resistant to the idea of a large increase. In the end, it did offer an increase, but it wasn't wasn't a huge one, uh, and there is a, there was a sense at the time that the government would keep adding to that to slowly close the gap between the rate of job seeker and the amount needed to lift people out of poverty, uh, because it's always worth remembering that that decision to lift people out of poverty is one that could be taken by an Australian government if it wanted to. Uh, and I think that pressure will come on the government again at this coming budget, but I think it's, it's getting lost a little bit in this debate around cost of living. Laura, Peter Dutton's likely response? Well, um, as a wild guess, Philip, I think the first thing that he'll he will say is, "Oh, it's a broken promise." Um, and clearly, the government has, you know, resisted changing the tax cuts because they said they promised to deliver them. So now it, it's a pretty marginal uh, broken promise in the sense that it's only going to be people at very high uh, income levels who are 
going to be missing out in part on the tax cut they'd originally been promised, whereas a lot of other people will be getting at least what, um, you know, they'll have the, the, the value of their, um, or the, you know, the cost of their tax um, not going up. Um, so I think that will be the immediate uh, line of attack. Um, and I think, you know, it's probably one of the reasons why there's a reasonably small adjustment in these tax cuts, you know, that seems to be being spoken of. Uh, but I think, uh, in going to that point that Sean's making, one of the problems the government's had is that it always rattles off this $24 billion of things that it's already done to help the cost of living. But a lot of those things aren't things that actually, you know, put cash in people's pockets. You know, it's it's they're all very worthwhile, worthy things for a Labor government to do, like things like childcare, but they're, they're not things that um, give... Uh, people um, sort of the room to make their own decisions about how they adjust to these big increases in fuel prices or prices at uh, the supermarket or whatever. Sean, the uh, response from the Teals and the Greens? Oh, look, that will be very, very interesting to see. The Greens will almost certainly say that Labor's changes, whatever they are, don't go far enough. And look, they, they may well be right. There may be the sense that the Labor government is risking uh, charges of a broken promise without an enormous amount of gain. So it'll be really interesting to see the extent of the changes. Uh, the Teals, are, uh, look, I think the Teals are a, are a really interesting case here because, of course, a lot of them are in very wealthy electorates who will be benefiting from these tax cuts. Uh, perhaps those people who will benefit from them will nevertheless have the political opinion that they shouldn't go through. Uh, I think the Teals might find that a, a tricky balance, but in the end, my guess is that they will end up backing the changes. Now, I understand that Monique Ryan says that this, the... Uh, the three tax cuts will only increase inflation, Sean. Right, and, and one of the, the lines that the Prime Minister has been using over the last couple of weeks in particular, Laura referred earlier to the government's changing language on these tax cuts, the Prime Minister has been saying very clearly and repeatedly that the RBA has already factored them in to its inflation forecasts. Now, I think that that is a sign that whatever happens to these tax cuts will probably see a similar amount of money being spent. Uh, that uh, and that will end up having a, a very similar inflationary effect. Not the exact same because it was who that money goes to does have an impact, but but a similar charge. Laura, are the uh, the cuts going to help uh, anyone in the housing crisis? Um, well. I suppose if it helps you pay your interest uh, bill, if you're a, a home buyer, it will help, Philip. Um, it won't be that sort of, you know, huge boost that we clearly need in the housing crisis. I think, um, you know, there was some stuff done with the states that um, National Cabinet last year, which the government's going to use as its, uh, as its sort of uh, cover <laughs> um, on housing, but clearly it's got to do a lot more on housing um, and uh the tax cuts won't necessarily help, but they will help uh, people who are paying mortgages. And you know, if if it, if, they, if, uh, if it's correct that they're not going to add to inflation, they certainly won't make the cost of housing any more expensive. Now, talking about the cost of living, Sean, we have to wait until June for Craig Emerson's review of supermarket pricing. Yes, look, I think this was a lot of 
noise and light, we probably won't get huge results from it. It was interesting how loud the Prime Minister was about it. He's obviously invested a bit of political capital in it and that means the government that puts some pressure on the government to do something uh, but I can't really see it changing supermarket prices a lot what I think we should see this in the context of is the government's uh, shift to a more offensive political footing at the beginning of this year it started that fight with supermarkets it called the emergency caucus meeting this week the prime minister has that national press club speech there's actually quite a lot of theatre going on. And I think this is an acknowledgement and, and a correct acknowledgement that Peter Dutton uh, was a better political operator over the last six months. And you can see the government just, I, I think, beginning to to recapture some of that sense of political theatre that, um, you know, perhaps, un, unfortunately, uh, successful governments always need. Now, Laura, last, uh, last year we... Uh saw Peter Dutton really firing up as opposition leader. He'll, uh, he has lots of fodder this year if there are changes to stage three tax cuts. The, the question is whether Elbow and co have the mettle to take them on. Well, indeed, that's that's the sort of the big question. Um, I mean, I, I think it's interesting uh, if, if it is the case that um, the Prime Minister has decided to change the stage three tax cuts. That that sort of suggests a bit bit more bravado or a bit more of a risk taking view than he's been prepared to take in the past. Um, and as Sean said, they sort of need to do that. Um, but whether whether they can, I mean, I mean, what what was the first issue that Peter Dutton's gone on this year, Philip? Woolworths not selling enough <laughs> Australia Day stuff. Yes. Lord knows where we're going to go this year on politics, seriously. But here's Labor on a primary vote of just 31%, well beneath the coalition's 39 well, that's right. But I mean, I think the, the question is really about uh, where it's distributed always. And I think the thing that Labor needs to do is it needs, you know, it does, uh, you know, as, as Sean also said, you know, this perception that the government was spending all of last year on um, on the, the voice, I mean, it alienated a lot of its own base ultimately with that, uh, you know, people who thought they were being too woke, uh, people who sort of thought they were too concerned with social issues at the cost of the economic ones, which you mentioned Paul Keating before. Of course, that was exactly the way a lot of his prime ministership was seen by Labor voters, that he got sort of tied up with things like the Republic um, rather than focusing on the fact that you know, we were coming out of a recession. It's the same thing. As long as I think voters believe that the government is doing things to help them, um, it becomes harder for the opposition to be running all of these other, shall we say, social issues, or I don't know how you describe Woolworths and Australia Day, but um, those sorts of issues which are basically just day-to-day um, -day sort of noise controversies. Finally, to you, Sean, uh, just as Queensland is uh, getting over the last uh, cyclone, they're about to cop another. So the cost of climate disasters is an another major channel challenge for governments, both state and federal. One of the really interesting 
things about political debate over the past year, Philip, is how far climate change has dropped out of the picture as a, as a really central part of political debate. And I think that's because, uh, you know, people tend to get sick of talking about it. And I think there's a bit of a sense that, well, Labor's doing something and maybe that's enough. But then Labor, at the end of last year, announced a pretty significant restructuring of some of its climate policies, which was an, essentially a concession that what it had already announced was not doing the job. And so I think it's really interesting, these climate disasters, uh, above and beyond the, the cost to the budget of them, what role they will play in, in pushing climate back to the, the centre of the political debate. And I think that has risks for, for both uh, Labor and Liberal. Thank you very much, Sean Kelly, weekly columnist at the SMH and The Age. And uh, great to talk to you again, Laura Tingle, Chief Political Correspondent, 730 and now, beloved listeners, I'm taking you to the pub. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.